0: You, my friend, are listening to The Happy Hearthstone. This episode is brought to you as always by listeners just like you. Thank you so much, Major Death, Bodicus, Wicked Good, Mr. Jones, Ignatius, Lindsay W, and Avantes for supporting the show, making it possible. You can join them and get some great perks for yourself over at patreon.com/slash the happy And boy, our Discord is uh, Buzzing like never before, and I'm so thankful to be able to connect with many of you there. Join us, if you haven't yet, by going to the slash discord and clicking on the link there. Hello and welcome to episode 195 of the Happy Hearthstone, the longest running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time, and cards. I'm your host, Andrew Brown. Oh, it's so good to be back with you. I missed you. Did you miss me? It's uh, It's been a couple weeks, and if you've been listening to the show, you know that my world and life has been swirling around. And to be honest, you know about half of the story, <laughs> to be quite frank. Um... And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fill you in a little bit on what's been going on, where I'm at. Uh, we are going to talk about the meta today because a lot has been changing because of Galakron's Awakening and the cards that are releasing with that. Um, and so we're going to have a, a good time today. Let me let me fill you in on what's been going down and where uh, where I'm at today. So... Um, so yeah, like I said, it's been a couple weeks since this episode or since I released the last episode. And to be honest, I kind of knew as I was recording the last one, um, that unless uh, some miracle was pulled off in the uh, recording realm, it was going to be really tough to pull off um, one. And I was hopeful that with Galakron's Awakenings release, we would see the cards that were coming out ahead of time. We have a little time for me and Wicked Good to figure out when to do a review. And uh, many of you who play this game and follow the news closely know that that's not exactly how things went down. We had a very unique reveal cycle in so much as there were very few cards known to us before the update was actually out there. Um, There were some leaks, of course, but you never quite know. Uh, We did not know officially until Galakron's Awakening was live in the client all of the cards that would be releasing over these four weeks. And a lot of people really enjoyed it. I'll be honest, as a player, I really think that that's a lot of fun and enjoy the surprise of all those new cards. As a content creator, it makes things really tough because you want uh, timeliness is a very important part of creating any content, right? Um, and so for our review episodes, we always try and get those out as quickly as we can once we know all of the cards, we've got uniqueness in the way that we do that part of it at least. Um, with this one, it was t- we just didn't know when we were going to find out, and so uh, Wicked Good and I were kind of in the wings trying to figure stuff out, and it just didn't happen. We both had insane weeks the past couple weeks. Uh, it looks like things are lining up that next week's episode should be our full Galacron's Awakening review. Uh, fingers crossed because there's a few big things that are up in the air, too um in our personal lives that uh, that could throw a wrench but I, I think we're solid that next week that should be in your feed so really excited to get that out to you um and then you know that for me personally so last episode i recorded in my hotel room in florida for i was out there for that week and i had had about four days prior to that with my family uh, before they were out in D.C. for a while and I was back at work. It's it's just been a chaotic couple months. And honestly, this past week was the first full week that I had with my wife and two kids where I could help alleviate the, <laughs> the pressure of raising two young ones um, that my wife has been feeling on her own while I've been gone. And uh, really just wanted to be present and create as much space for that as possible. So thank you so much for understanding and support, being supportive of that. Honestly, I had zero uh, questions for that, and it really meant a lot, honestly, that I could just retreat for a short time, um, get my world back together, and then be back with you today. So um, so thank you so much for understanding, and if you didn't even notice, then uh, what are we even talking about? It's all good, right? Just back with some great content for you. So, um, so yeah, that's a little bit of what's been going on in my life. I'll swing that into why I'm happy today. Um, I'm happy because I did get some time off, and uh time to just uh relax this actually this past weekend, I spent with my wife and family uh very intentionally. We did a lot um and, and one of the things that my wife and I desperately needed was a date night uh for those of you in any relationship, I hope that you prioritize time with each other, especially if one of you or both of you are quality time people. It's just so important to get time where you can. Um, intentionally spoil each other a little bit, um, if possible. Um, But more than anything, just be, yeah, be be intentional with conversation, with connecting, getting to know each other better, and uh, hopefully making some memories along the way too. So my wife and I went up to a moonshine distillery here in Colorado Springs, and that was a lot of fun. Um, That is a very different kind of liqueur. (laughs) We had fun. They had some fun flavors like apple pie and uh, made an old fashioned with um, with some chocolate nib uh, moonshine, so that that was interesting. And there was a burger place nearby that made an Irish porter cheeseburger with uh, with grilled bruschetta. No, not bruschetta, pancetta. Excuse me, very different items. And a Irish porter cheddar. And my wife got a raclette cheeseburger, which had grilled raclette cheese. If you don't know what that is, you you are missing out. Um, yeah, it was, it was the best burger I've ever had in my life. And that was not the moonshine talking, I promise. So, um, this is not a food podcast, but I I have to get that shout out there. So had some great time with her. Um, also got to do a guest appearance on Blizzlet. So if you uh, listen to Blizzlet or have not heard of it, uh, Blizzlet is definitely the rated R version of the Happy Hearthstone. In a lot, of, in a lot of ways, we might be very uh, different as far as uh, some of the content. But uh, they're all about having a good time and and having a good laugh too. So if you enjoy that, if that appeals to you, you can check me out on. Uh, Not their latest episode, but the episode before that. Um, Daniel's been a good friend, Stormrage, uh, for a while now. And I I loved getting to hang out with Jack and Ted on there. So um, that was a lot of fun being with them. And yeah, let's go ahead and talk about some news. You know that the big news, of course, is that Galachron's Awakening is out. It is out in the wild. Week one released last week. And so you can play the League of Evils portion of that chapter, of chapter one, for free. And um, if you pay for the wing, you will also get the League of Explorers chapter as well. Um, you can unlock 11 cards, so you get three of them right off the bat. I believe it's Skydiving Instructor, um, the Cutthroat. Goodness, we're going to test my knowledge of brand new cards. Shadow Sculptor is the name of it. And I cannot remember the third one. It might actually be Wing Guardian. No, Wing Guardian's too good. They can't. Get I think it was Twisted Knowledge, actually, the Warlock card. So, I um, hope I'm right about that. If I'm not, it's okay. You have the cards anyway, <laughs> all right? So, uh, so yeah, you should definitely log in and play through that first adventure. Get some of the free stuff because it's it's free, right? Um, you can purchase the entire adventure right now for I I believe it's twenty dollars. Yeah, twenty dollars will get you all of the chapters uh, pre-purchased. It's a good investment if you have uh, the. Dollars to spend Um, you can use the amazon coins link at the happyhearthstone.com to purchase it and get a couple bucks off of that or hopefully you're getting it for free because you Um, pre-ordered there's always that deal going on that the amount that you save by pre-ordering a mega bundle for a set will get you the single player for free so if that's news to you then hang tight i'll let you know the next go-round assuming that expansions are the same for whatever this next year is Year of the Bob, I'm predicting. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's a good investment, especially since you know the cards that you're going to get and you can start saving up your gold like I am for whatever the next expansion is. So, uh, But otherwise, you can purchase each... Uh, each chapter for six ninety nine or for seven hundred in game gold, which is perfectly fine too. You, if you're playing your dailies and getting your quests done, uh, you can easily uh, r- ratchet up that gold over the course of uh, of, of the month as the, each chapter releases. So it might take you a little longer, but that's okay. That's really the big news. Uh, as this episode is releasing live to the public, not early for patrons, it'll actually uh, chapter two will be dropping today. So it looks like we're getting Arcane Amplifier, Hailbringer, Rising Winds, the Fist of Ra-Den, that's the legendary shaman weapon, uh, Fiendish Servant, which has been live in Battlegrounds right now, Cleric of Scales, Explosive Evolution, and Sky So I, I don't think that many of these cards are going to make a massive impact. I'm sure lots of people are going to be testing with Fist of ra because it's a cool effect. It's very similar to uh, what we saw with Medivh. Um, or didn't he have some kind of description or something like that? Well, anyway, he equipped Atiesh. When Atiesh, uh, the weapon was a 1-3 that after you cast a spell, summoned a minion of that cost and lost 1 durability. The difference with Rodden is it costs 4 to play it, has 4 durability, and it'll summon a legendary minion of, that co- of the cost of whatever spell you play. So um, Spell Shaman will definitely be a thing. I bet that we're finally going to start seeing the impact of... Of um, um, where is it? The Eye of the Storm is what it's called. For some reason, it's not showing in my list here, but there it is. I have the Storm, the ten mana summon three, five, six elementals with taunt. I bet you'll play that in the raw den list because you play that and then you get the three, five, sixes with taunt and a ten cost uh, legendary minion. Actually, I guess your options there are King Phaorus, which you don't want. Uh, the 10-cost minions, actually, that you want are probably not legendary, <laughs> so I haven't done the uh, the uh, research to figure out what exactly the best legendary-costed minions are and what, you know... Actually, I'd be interested... Well, no. Now I'm thinking of other classes, which doesn't work, so... That's probably my prediction for the most-played uh, most card out of this list, and it's probably good because Shaman got hit so hard by that last round of nerfs that now it is... Uh, in the least popular class, according to HS Replay, so um, so yeah, probably needs some some fresh spirits, uh, fresh wolves running amok. I mean, all of us were ready for a break, and that's okay too. But um, yeah, so be sure to play those, get your wing, and play some new decks. I, I feel like I should come up with one other one. I guess Elemental Mage actually could be interesting now. They got uh, Animated Avalanche last week arcane amplifier looks pretty decent and hailbringer is a tough one uh, it's a five mana three four elemental battle cry summon two one one ice shards that freeze it's a, it's a really interesting effect it, the the stats just on their own aren't bad it's the freeze effect of those one ones that could really make it good and um you know hailbringer actually with explosive evolution would be pretty decent wonder if there's an Elemental Shaman list. Ooh, I might try that. Can't put Animated av- Avalanche in there, but—or um, Arcane Amplifier. But Hailbringer would. Anyway, that's beside the point. So I hope you're having fun with this new set. There's been a lot changing with the meta, but we'll talk about that in our meta section. Um, which uh, is coming up in just a moment. But before we talk about the main topic, I want to just give a very fast thank you to all of you who are supporting the show at patreon.com slash the happy I want to be transparent and honest with you. Um, I need to get back into the swing of creating the exclusive content. It's been falling off of my back, unfortunately, and uh, I have no one to uh, to push that on except myself. So I just want to directly say to those of you who are supporting the show at the five dollar level i'm sorry for that i'm working on it this week uh, because you may recall i had an idea for some battlegrounds content i wanted to get to you i will get that to you by the end of this week I'm sorry I take full responsibility, and I'm going to keep moving forward and hope that you'll join me for that. And if you'd be interested in getting episodes early and getting some of that exclusive content, you can check it out yourself at patreon.com slash the happyhearthstone. I also have a fun giveaway that I'm going to throw uh, to everyone on Patreon at the end of this month. So if you want to get in on that, you probably should. (laughs) All right, let's talk about the meta. So uh, as, the, as week one of Galakron's Awakening was releasing, I was looking at it and thinking these cards really don't have a ton of impact. Um, and obviously we didn't know this until the, uh, the update released last week, right? The cards that we had seen prior to the announcement or uh, to the update seemed okay. Um, the leaked cards seems, seemed like they had a bit more potential. But certainly there wasn't anything yet that seemed groundbreaking or, or meta-breaking by really any stretch of the imagination. I was holding my breath and wondering, as we didn't know much, is this set going to be extremely unimpactful? And I, I think that we are on, I, that that is kind of what's happening. I don't want to spoil too much from hopefully what Wiki gonna be talking about in the review but these cards don't seem like the overpowered going to you know shake things up completely. What's good about that is that it means that we don't have to have five rounds of balance changes over the next five weeks, uh, which I like. I'm glad that they that they address the problems that were there. But my opinion is that from a design side of things, you hopefully want to create things that are interesting that are powerful in the right spots, but aren't going to uh, just create in uh, a shade that nothing else can live under, essentially. And I feel like they've actually done a very good job of that in a lot of ways. If anything, the thing I'm a little underwhelmed by are the, uh, the amount of interesting cards. There are a few of them. Um but honestly this is the first set that I look at and I say if you are on a severe budget I don't I think this might be one that you can skip out on. If you want to go all uh, free to play on it that's great. But I might even say it's a better use of your gold to save it and wait until um until later. Reno might be the exception, uh the amazing Reno that's coming week 4 I believe if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's going to be good. I, I also don't think, though, that he's going to be essential necessarily for the deck. So uh, so this is a really interesting and unexpected... I mean, we didn't even know that we'd have this set of cards, you know, as Year of the Dragons started out. We just kind of learned about it as Descent of Dragons was getting announced. Um, and I think that there's a lot of room here for... Well, let me take a step back. The Hearthstone team has proven over this past year that they are trying a lot of new stuff. And I'm I'm very curious to see how they're going to apply their learnings over the course of this next year. I don't think that they that they ever stop learning. That's kind of the mark of a dead company is when you just do stuff and you don't care, essentially. They're very much proving, in my opinion, that they care a lot and they want to try a lot of different things to see what works the best. So I'm eager to see what comes from this, Um, eager to hear, as I mentioned before, what the next year of expansions look like, because I wonder if there's going to be uh, more frequent sets, if we're going to have full sets release every four months, but then these mini sets in between. It could be really interesting, and I'm on board with that. If we see th- sets similar to this in between, where there's some interesting effects that people want to build decks around and try out in decks that already exist, but nothing that's going to uh, that's just going to push something to a power level that's um, that's irresponsible, I guess is the only word I'm coming up with. So yeah, I'm interested to see what that looks like. So what are the big things from week one that really shook things up? Well, you don't need me to tell you that Winged Guardian was the most played card out of um, out of this set, and uh, you know many of you know that I work for HSReplay.net uh, part time, and I've been working on a lot of the um, the social media posts. So if you follow them, and you should, a lot of the stuff you'll be seeing, infographics and stuff, are things that I'm making um, based off of. Uh, stats that are available and a lot of these are actually available on the site we just like uh, putting them in a in a quicker way that's um, that's fresh that's fun to look at and stuff and it it was interesting looking at the cards that are being played the most in fact I'm pulling this up right now so that I can be um, on top of it with uh, with data and you can check out individual cards actually at hsreplay.net/cards. You can arrange them by cards you have, um, certain ranks if you only want to see that, certain uh, classes, uh, a lot of a lot of different ways that you can splice up the data. And far and above Wing Guardian is the most played card so far out of uh, Galakrond's Awakening. Right now, I'm showing that it uh, in the past week it's accounted for almost uh, it's been in 15% of decks. That's crazy. And obviously Druid has has been on a on a tear lately on the ladder and in the meta because of two decks, Embiggen Druid and Token Druid. Uh, and I don't know why Token Druid got pushed. I, I'm still trying to figure that out myself. Token Druid was actually something that as Descent of Dragons was being released um, with the inclusion of Goru the Might Tree and Bombardier. Uh, and reinforcements. Actually, all three of those cards really seem to push the archetype and make it uh, make it a lot more appealing. I was really excited about uh, playing that list, and it just never quite did well. It's sort of been in the wings. It's been a deck that's uh, budget that players are playing in uh, ranks, you know, twenty to ten as something that you can be really aggressive with. It's fairly cheap. So there are reasons to play it, but at the high levels of play, especially five to legend and and in legend, token druid hasn't seen a lot, uh, a lot of play because there's a lot of counters that are going on, especially with quest resurrect priests. And it seems like a, a lot of really skilled Galakrond rogue players, especially, can utilize their resources well to make sure that token druid doesn't get the early game establishment that it really needs to form a board that is just. Difficult to stand up against, uh, and I, I like I said, there's nothing that was added to that list from Galakron's Awakening, and yet it seems like during this past week, Token Druid has really taken a step up in order to, um, well, and and been a force that you have to recognize on the ladder. Uh, so. I, I have played the deck quite a bit. In fact, my friend uh, Ignatius made it to legend. Congrats, by the way. Ignatius took a few, it took a couple years, I think, off from the game and finally made it back to legend. It's a great player, has a great stream at Ignatius HS, and uh, it was interesting. I was looking at his list. He actually doesn't run Goru the My Tree. He runs Whispering Woods instead, and I haven't yet gotten to try out that tech. Um, but obviously, made a legend. It's doing pretty good, right? So. Um, so, yeah, it, it, the Token Druid list is definitely one to look at. The other one, the Imbigan Druid list, has really been fortified by Winged Guardian. I think right out the gates, it was Monsanto that was tinkering with a Winged Guardian list that ran Predatory Instincts, which is the four mana spell that draws a beast from your deck and doubles its health. When you're starting with a beast that has eight health, uh, 16 health is insane. And it was running Wing Guardian and Witchwood Grizzly, which was really the other quintessential uh, thing that you could run with Predatory Instincts and with Witching Hour, which resummons a beast that's died this game. And Witching Hour with Winged Guardian will bring back the full version that will reborn again. So there's an interesting sort of Wall Druid that's emerged as a result of that tactic. But it seems like the better tactic has actually been just slotting Wing Guardian into Embiggen Druid. And this is another one where Embiggen Druid wasn't doing terribly well beforehand. Uh, It was doing okay. Some lists were making it, but it was extremely varied list to list uh, as far as performance is concerned. To the point that it really wasn't a threat in the meta. But now with Wing Guardian, which which makes some sense to me, but not complete, (laughs) um, these Dragon Embiggen lists have been just soaring. Evasive Worm is really good. Um, I can't remember the uh, the six mana five three with rush and uh, divine shield. Evasi- that is evasive worm. What was I thinking of? I was thinking of the um, evasive fey wing. There's lots of evasive in this <laughs> in this list, um, but yeah, those cards are great. And when you embiggen. Um, it just makes your deck better. And I think, I think the reason and Druid's been doing so well is because Rogue has been doing well for a while. And all of those evasive mechanics that can't be targeted by spells or hero powers really shut down Rogue pretty hard, unless Rogue has been able to establish a crazy board. Um, Flick Shiv obviously will do some work as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's been really interesting to see how and Druid counters a lot of the Rogue play. And Wing Guardian, I think, was just the extra uh, survivability card that it really needed um, to just to thrive and take off in a pretty big way. So uh, those are the big winners from those uh, from these new cards. Uh, Bomb Wrangler, I was really excited about. Hasn't quite been performing the way that people were hoping that it would. Actually, right out the gates, I just took a Control Warrior shell, made sure it had some bombs in it because bombs are fun, and, uh, and played it, and it did okay. Um, I, I think that Quest Resurrect Priest is just so better suited for the Control game right now um, because it can heal uh, it can bring back a billion things control warrior did really well when um when archivist Elysiana was your tactic for um for making the game go long but quest resurrect priest can uh, it can take control of the board and then very quickly um push it to its victory whereas control warrior just hopes that you run out of or you run your opponent out of threats bomb wrangler i think will see more play though as uh, the year of the raven um, rotates out fresh scent is another one that's actually been seeing some play too two mana twin spell uh, hunter common give a beast plus two plus two so this is exactly extra arms when it got buffed i don't know if you remember extra arms was three mana when it first released and then with the uh, Rise of the Mechs event, it got buffed to two mana, and then they had to revert it back to three because it was just too powerful there. Uh, Fresh Scent is exactly that. The only limitation is that it, it has to be a beast that you're giving plus two, plus two, but Hunter loves beasts. That's not a problem. So this is a uh, a card that can't be taken advantage of, sort of like uh, Extra Arms could with Inner Fire and Divine Spirit and all that madness. Uh, so it's a little bit more fair. It's it's a Blessing of Kings that's broken up into two parts. And I haven't actually played any of the lists with it yet. Um, I don't know why I haven't been feeling Hunter lately. Secret Highlander Hunter seems to be really well poised too, just because it's always been good. and It continues to be good. And this is one more good card for its arsenal, essentially. Um, yeah, and everything else that is uh, playable right now is not really... Um, seeing a lot of play, certainly not uh, not very effective right now. In fact, those are the only three cards on HS Replay that have a positive deck win rate across all games. Um, if I if I adjusted it Legend to five, it's actually exactly the same. Although the the win rates are a little bit higher on a couple of them. So um, so yeah, those are the those are the decks that should be in your sights. Um, again, with what's coming up this week, there's nothing that's really going to take those um those archetypes to a higher level. I like rising winds is a druid spell that's coming out. Twin spell, choose one, draw a card, or summon a three, two eagle. I don't expect that that's going to see any play in um in the druid lists that are out there right now. Sky of a tear is a rogue card, a two mana one three pirate with stealth and death rattle draw a card. I think this card's a little better than you than you would likely think that it is. Because it's essentially a I don't know, it's it's like a, a it's toe for toe with um, the loot hoarder in my book. Like two attack is way better than one attack, but the fact that it can survive a little bit is fine and stealth gives it a little bit of initiative. I think it's okay. Um, I probably want loot hoarder most of the time, but I don't, I don't think this is going to see any play Um, as long as you don't have mechanics to buff pirates. If I could buff this somehow other than South Sea Captain, I might be interested, but there aren't any Highlander Galakron, pirate rogues yet. (laughs) I don't think. Who knows? There's an idea for you if you need something. Um, I think that you're likely to see a lot of people testing Fist of Rodin, and I don't know that it's going to be the game-winning strategy. So take advantage of that with um, some aggressive lists. I'll tell you that as you look at the lists that are winning right now, it's it's not going to surprise you that my recommendations for how to have a happy time this week are going to be with Embiggen Druid and with Galakrond Rogue specifically. Embiggen Druid is a force to be reckoned with, doesn't have a lot of really bad matchups, and Galakron, and it, it trumps Galakrond Rogue most of the time. Uh, it has a 60% win rate at ranks 1 through 5 right now, according to HS Replay. So, um that's really really strong and will only continue to be strong. Um Galcron Rogue pretty much can fight off anything else typically. And, uh, will lead to game winning strats when you have the, uh, the high spare and tog waggle into the wand. I can't remember. It's it's specific name, the wand, and you draw a with that and you play it for free and you draw two more free cards. <laughs> it could just get out of hand really quick. So those, those are the best decks in the game right now. And I would say that you would be smart to play one of them and get to know them really, really well. Um, I, I do have a spicy take for you, though, because you might, I know some of you out there are saying, Andrew, I know that those are the good decks to play, and I, I just I want to play something different. I want to do well. Well, do I have a spicy take for you? As I was digging into the meta stuff uh, at hsreplay.net slash meta, you can check this stuff out yourself too. Uh, hopefully many of you are premium subscribers because you get really good filters that you can use and stuff. As I'm over there kind of looking at things and... Um, And checking out what does well against big and Druid and Rogue, specifically. I actually found something that might be a little meta-breaker, and I'm going to share it with you before I even try it out. So, take it with a grain of salt. It is a theory, um, but it's based off the data that you can see here. There is a little deck that you may remember called Murloc Paladin. And Murloc Paladin is not well-played right now. There are not many people playing the deck at all, right? Um, But, if you look at its win rate, specifically against and Druid and Galakrond Rogue, it has a positive win rate against both. And its win rate against and Druid is actually massive. Um, it's at 65% right now, which is huge. Uh, so Murloc Paladin is the deck, uh, if you're not familiar with it, that takes advantage of Prismatic Lens and Tip the Scales. Tip the Scales is an 8-mana spell that summons 7 Murlocs from your deck. If you play Prismatic Lens while Tip the Scales is in your deck, Uh, either you've drawn both of them or you have a 2 out of 3 chance to draw it, it will swap with one of your Murlocs. Uh, Actually, the highest thing it could get in the list I'm looking at is Dragon Queen Alexstrasza, which would be sad, but it's there for your late game to make sure that you have something to win with. More than likely, it's going to trade with one of your 1 mana Murlocs or your 2 mana Murlocs. Even a 3 mana is fine. And then your tip the scales cost three, two, or even one. You might be able to play at the same turn you play prismatic lens, which can combine into a a very insane board state for you. Uh, and and I it takes a while to get on board most of the time. Uh, there are sometimes that it has some early game cards like Fairy Dragon or Snip Snap that can. Um, they can at least get them positioned to take care of the board but it doesn't get really strong until that mid game hopefully they've been able to play it in and begin and uh and then they've got some big beefy minions on turn 5 or 6 that are just so well statted that your opponent can't keep up with it the idea with Murloc Paladin against that is that you're able to get the board faster than they can, and Druid has no good board clears. Uh, the list I was running played a couple of swipes, so you have to watch out for those, but your Merlocks, for the most part, can be okay. That, that that will allow them, essentially, to take care of one of your Murlocs, maybe a couple that, you know, a Bluegill Warrior or a Grimscale Oracle that may have popped out from that, but everything else is fair game, so... I think that there could be something to this. I'm going to test it. Um, I, I I probably should have said earlier that my experience over the past week, I actually got up to rank two with Token Druid and then fell all the way down to rank three with it. I've been testing with embiggen Druid also and I, I just can't find something consistently that, that will get me up there. So I'll probably play a little more Token Druid, but I'm interested to see if Murloc Paladin right now um, with as much as I'm seeing Galakrond Rogue and embiggen Druid might be the answer That's consistent enough against the most popular stuff um, to do well. So if you want a spicy take, you can try that out. And then I also wanted to start adding to my uh, meta recommendations a budget list as well. Because I know many of you may not have the dust for some of these lists. Like Embiggen Druid and Galakrond Rogue are notorious for being extremely expensive. And Murloc Paladin does require Tip the Scales, two of them. And as an epic, that's one of the toughest uh, cards to recommend. And there's also Zephyrus Sir Finley of the Sand and Dragon Queen Alex Draws in this list. So I'm going to start uh, adding in a budget recommendation. And uh, my budget recommendation for you is going to be very simple and probably uh, not surprising. It's going to be Face Hunter. Face Hunter right now is the cheapest, highest win rate deck that you can possibly craft. And though it's not going to win against everything, because its gameplay is somewhat on on the simpler side. Um, and its cards are mostly accessible. I think that it's the best deck that as a budget player, you could really commit yourself to. There are some matchups that are going to be so tough that it's it's going to be like nails on a chalkboard for you. This isn't the the deck to beat the meta necessarily, but it's really well poised against a lot of popular decks right now. So if you're looking for something that can get you higher on the ladder and you just don't have the dust right now, you can craft a, a face hunter list right now for under two thousand dust and that's total you're you're very likely if you've been playing for you know longer than a month or something to have many of these cards already if not most of them so uh so definitely check that out i will include uh links to all four of these lists and big and druid galakrond rogue murloc paladin and face a budget friendly face hunter on uh at the uh show notes over at the happy so if you want any of those go check it out um, and hopefully the these tips and this conversation helps you in your ladder pursual uh, I know last time I talked a lot about mindset and so this time uh, taking the swing over on uh, the meta I think I might get into that cadence for those kinds of episodes and uh, we'll see if that ends up going well uh, for the future if you guys like it let me know what you think I always love hearing your feedback anyway with that, we'll go ahead and go to the community section. And we do have an iTunes review. And actually, uh, Storm Rage told me when I was on his show that he left a review for the Happy Hearthstone. So I'm guessing this is him. It's Baskman13. He said, huzzah, happy one. Five stars. Andrew does such a wonderful job and magical job, excuse me, and taking such a positive take on everything. His guests are great, and he is even better. Thank you so much, my friend. Um, I've never seen Daniel with this... Uh, with this uh, moniker before. So if it's him, awesome. And if it's not, I'm sorry to get you confused (laughs) with him. Uh, But either way, these Apple podcast reviews, iTunes reviews really make a huge difference. So please, if you haven't left one for the show, consider doing it. It takes a few minutes. It might take even less if you're listening on your iPhone right now uh, on Apple podcasts. And if you have left one for the show, please consider leaving one for another show that you listen to if there are others. Um, I, this is just such a critical way that you can support uh, the shows that you listen to for free and doesn't take that much time. So go ahead and do that. I look forward to reading more on the show. Thank you again. Um, thank you again, B- uh, Bask Man, uh, whether that's Storm Range or not. <laughs> and how about a card of the week for you, friends? I realize I don't talk about this very often, but, you know, it is a standing tradition on the Happy Hearthstone that every episode we have a card of the week and that it is introduced by song uh, by the person who is the guest typically. But I, I take it on these uh, single episodes as a, as a challenge, a formidable challenge that I'm up for. So here you go. Here's the intro for this week's card of the week. How many cards could I fit into this deck of big boys, boys, boys? Seems every game that I can't get to the end a Macro's toy, toy, toy. I need something for my early game. Play on two or three would be the same. There's gotta be some minion that can get tricked out right. And then something happened right inside my mind. I forgot that you existed. But I remembered him the told and now he's in it. And it was so nice, getting buffed and recruited by rolling the dice. I forgot that you existed, but now I'm so glad that you're here, I wouldn't miss it. Injured Tolvir you really get it. (laughs) Injured Tolvir is the card of the week. Two mana, two six, neutral common minion, and it reads Battlecry, deal three damage to this minion. Indra Tolvir has been seeing a lot of play lately, especially in Embiggen Druid. I've been playing with it um, consistently, and boy, is this card good right now in the meta as it is. You know, when you when you first look at this, it's just a 2-mana, two 2-3 two, with Taunt. That's, that's okay. It's a little bit better than Vanilla. Um, but really, what it doesn't say are its benefits or the things that uh, this meta is taking advantage of. So the fact that you can Embiggen it means that it will be a 3-mana, 3... Mana, three Uh, let me, uh, three mana, four, five, actually with taunt, which that's very good, right? So purely just by that, it does well, but where this really shines is in two specific situations, different situations too. Even if you just play it on turn two vanilla, if you are playing against a Galakrond warrior, or excuse me, Galakrond Rogue, a tool in their arsenal in every Galakrond Rogue deck is Seal Fate, which is a 3-mana, deal 3 damage to an undamaged character, and invoke Galakrond. And they cannot play Seal Fate to clear injured Tol'vir, even if it hasn't been embiggened. It is just a 2-mana 2-3 with taunt that dodges Seal Fate. And that is significant. It also dodges backstab and a ping from uh, their dagger. So enter Tol'vir in a rogue-centric meta where they are playing a cards that deal damage to undamaged characters is a big deal. The other scenario there where it does well is uh, with the druid side quest right now, which is strength in numbers. It's one mana and it's a side quest. Spend 10 mana on minions. Reward. Summon a minion from your deck. So I remember talking about this in our review episode and saying this is a one-man recruit effect. It seems really strong, and in the right deck, absolutely it is. And Bigged Druid is that right deck. So if that triggers, it will pull any minion straight from your deck without triggering its battle cry. And in that case, uh, Injured Tolvir is a two-six with taunt, which isn't that great. But if it's been embigged let's say twice for this example, then it is a six ten minion with Taunt. Uh, and again, Battlecry doesn't trigger, so it's just a massive, massive minion. The fact that it has flexibility to be either, depending on when it's drawn, makes it very, very strong for that deck specifically. So uh, it, it's just a really impressive and interesting time for that card. I love it when a meta makes it so that a card that wouldn't see play in any other circumstance somehow comes <laughs> to the surface. Um, it's, it's definitely going to be part of the core set for big and Druid moving forward. And I expect it to see a lot of play. Uh, in the future. So, uh, good on you, injured Tolvier. Enjoy your time in the limelight. It probably won't be forever, but right now, I'm glad that you exist, and I will not forget that you existed, okay? <laughs> All right, as I close up this show, I want to remind you, as always, that you are the happy Hearthstone. This show is for you. It exists uh, because of you and because of your involvement. So, I know we've had a lot of new people uh, joining our Discord lately, checking out the show, and I just want to encourage you to come back for another episode and get involved with with our awesome community. If you haven't joined the Discord, that's a great place to start. You can go to the happyhartstone.com/discord and just click on the link there. That'll get you right into the conversations we're having around decks, laddering, uh, supporting each other, all that kind of stuff. So go do that. And then if you're looking to uh, to help the show get better, you can do so at patreon.com slash thehappyhearthstone and get some good rewards in return as well. And I want to give a huge thank you to the producers of the Happy Hearthstone. As always, Menach, Jay Miller, Number Theory, and Xavier E. I appreciate all four of you so much. Got to do uh, my coaching session with Jay Miller. That's part of the producer package as they get an hour of coaching each month. Uh, and did that the other day. Jay's just a stand-up dude. If you guys haven't checked out uh, Bob's Tavern cast, which is his Battlegrounds podcast, you really should. Um, And he's just a a guy I appreciate as a friend uh, more than anything, too. So thank you for so much for supporting the show. And... That's all that I can say right now, other than, I guess, well, one more thing, because you want to stay connected, right? So you got the Discord. You can follow me on Twitter at the at AndrewIsLiving. Man, I need to shut this down before I get too tongue-tied. And you can find the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at TheHappyHearthstone.com. All right, well, thank you all so much. Again, I, I really appreciate the week off. It meant a lot, even though you didn't have a say in it. You all were supportive uh, just by hanging with me. So thank you for coming back. Uh, thank you for being involved with this awesome community. I can't wait to see how Galakrond's Awakening continues to shake things up and the impending announcements that I'm sure are in the wings in the next uh, couple weeks or month for uh, what we can expect to see for Hearthstone in the next year. I'm, I'm bubbling with anticipation and can't wait to see what it is. Thank you so much for visiting the Happy Hearthstone and having a little fun with us. I'll see you next time.